Good evening, WRFL. Tonight we have a little bit of a special segment, I'd say. Uh, we have three professors from the College of Arts and Sciences. We have Associate Professor Tiffany Barnes, and we have Julia Burston, who's also an associate professor out of the College of Arts and Sciences. And we have Dr. Philip Harling, who's a the Gaines Professor of the Humanities Director. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the Gaines Professor. It's confusing. And I'm also the director of the Gaines Center for the Humanities. That's, yeah. that's quite a mouthful. I'll, I'll give it to you, but welcome, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much. So uh, what brings us here today? Uh, what is going on next week? Well, so next week we are kicking off the College of Arts and Sciences Year of Civics and Citizenship in the 21st century. We're calling it Keys to Our Common Future. A lot of our freshmen are walking around with shirts with cool Kentucky key logos on it, and we are the ones behind those shirts. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about the events starting on Monday with Constitution Day and throughout the rest of the year. Awesome. And there's, you know, there's, there's a proud history of these year of um, series of programming sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences. These have typically been, been focused on regions of the world. So last year was the year of South Asia, a lot of really rich programming around that region. Year before that, the year of Russia, and on and on. We thought that this year was a particularly good year to focus internally, to put the lens more um, not only just on the U.S., but also on the Commonwealth and on Lexington and on the U.K. campus. Great. So we're going to be starting off on Monday with um, our kickoff event that focuses on Constitution Day. And so for this event, we've teamed up with the provost office um, to put together a fascinating lineup, um, starting first at 8 a.m. in the morning and then all the way through the evening, um, where we'll bring together a panel of um, experts and politicians from uh, from Lexington. So starting off in the morning, um, around campus, we're going to have a couple of different tables set up um, featuring some of our student organizations. Um, and they'll be handing out coffee and constitutions along with free donuts um, in order to raise visibility about Constitution Day. Um, and then starting... And that's going on for three hours, for right? Three hours. So if you're an so. early riser, you're, 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 you're going to get all three of those things. Don't miss your coffee. If, if you get there at 1045, maybe not the donuts, probably still the Constitution. Probably still the Constitution. I hope we run out, though. <laughs> I do, too. And real quick, when you guys, when you want students to come, what kind of questions and what kind of, you know, what, what should they walk into? Should they have an open mind? How should they feel? What should they be thinking? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a number of themes that we are focusing our events around. We have, um, as Phil was saying, a bunch of events around uh, inward-facing issues, issues that affect our region, our country, uh, what it means to be a citizen in this day and age, whether that's a citizen of Kentucky, a citizen of uh, the nation, a citizen of the world. Um, and we are hoping to start some new constructive collaborative dialogues. I think one of the things that we have seen increasingly in the political moment that we're in is a lot of divisiveness, a lot of people willing to shut their ears to the other side, willing to uh, disengage, and uh, we're hoping to turn that around with some civic engagement, some ability to Think about issues that you might not know are affecting your region. Think about views that you might not understand. Learn about views. Learn about parts of the world that are affecting you every day that you don't know about. And so 
We have a bunch of things. I, um, I'm in the philosophy department, but I'm a philosopher of science, and I've been running a bunch of the more sciencey events. So um, one of the things that I like, to, I like to think about in my spare time is how science and society are connected. Science isn't done in a vacuum, in isolation. Even when the experiments run in a vacuum, the science isn't done in a vacuum. It is affecting the way that we live every day. It's affecting how we eat, how we dress, how we think, how we feel. Um, so we have a bunch of events around uh, the relationship between science and society. The first one is actually happening in two hours. Um, so if you're around tonight and you're looking for some free brownies and some interesting conversation, we are uh, hosting Eugenie Scott, who is a former director of the National Center for Science Education. Um, she used to be a professor here. She uh, has had a long and winding career. She's going to be talking about evolution and creationism in Kentucky, so the history of creation science, the way that science has been taught in schools in Kentucky and in the region. Um, and then we have a bunch of science-themed events going throughout the fall, especially. We have um, an event on emerging technologies and, and sustainability that we're running with the College of Agriculture. So we're, we'll be bringing in startups in Lexington who are working on sustainable technology development. Um, and that is at the beginning of December. And then uh, a little earlier on in October, uh, during the beginning part of October, we have Water Week, which is a week about sustainability, about water curation, and then a planting event where one of our uh, one of our professors is actually taking a bunch of students out into eastern Kentucky strip mines and planting a bunch of trees, um, and we're calling that one 800 acorns. So, and you know, as Julia uh, alluded to, especially the evolution and creationism talk that's happening in just a couple hours. So you all have time to grab a quick dinner before you you head over. Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we're 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 not avoiding potentially difficult and, and, and even hot button issues. I think we need to embrace them. And we, we feel passionately as faculty um, and as teachers that we need to model the ability to talk about difficult, challenging, potentially divisive, potentially frustrating, uh, but important issues that affect all of us dispassionately uh, analytically and in a way that's, um, that's uh, intelligent and relatively sophisticated. And we know how difficult that is. And I think there is a strong tendency to want to kind of just be polite and not talk about it, especially when you're in an environment where you know there are probably people who disagree with you. It's interesting, you know, one of the things I do at the Gain Center is that I have this seminar of like really fantastic juniors who take a, um, a, a team taught seminar in the fall semester. And just yesterday we had, we were reading a book that really kind of um, explored the notion of identity in, in, a, in a fascinating kind of way. And we, you know, it got to be a pretty honest discussion about um, people with uh, different religious uh, convictions, different ethnicities, um, talking about difference and talking about what it means to be an American at a moment when there's a lot of um, controversy about who owns that, right? And I think, I think really um, the takeaway for all these students was that we all own it in one way or another. Uh, and part of owning it is modeling the ability to talk about 
very personal and, and potentially upsetting issues in a way that um, shows respect to alternative perspectives and that you're listening. Um, importantly, you're not just respecting, you're also listening and assessing. And maybe as a result of that, you're in some respects changing your own mind. That is maybe the most important function, in my belief, um, of a university education is to train students up to, the, uh, to that ability. Um, so here, you know, we do that in the classroom as best we can. But I think it's a kind of conversation that should extend beyond the classroom and should encompass really every avenue of our students' lives. And that's why the three of us are dedicating a lot of time and, and energy and enthusiasm to this endeavor. Before, before we dive into the list of events, um, real quick, what, for the students that, you know, may say, oh, well, I go to class, I do enough of this, I, I do enough outside of, you know, on-campus work, how can you, what can you motivate them to go and just go to one, go, go to one and check it out and tell me if you like it or not? What, what do you have to say? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, so, I mean, we can, we can appeal to the higher brain and say you'll be a better person if you do, right? Uh, we can also appeal to organs a little bit lower in the body. There's going to be free food at every event. So much free food. Um, we also have a digital badge program that students will be able to participate in, which will allow them to let potential employers know that they have participated in a bunch of events where they've confronted these issues, where they've built some of the skills that Phil was just describing. Um, and when they earn their badges, they'll also be entered into grand prize drawings for cool stuff. So um, we've got a lot of good reasons, a lot of uh, good moral reasons, and a lot of good go-get-free-stuff reasons. Um, and I think... Uh, uh, I think that if you're going to class, if you're, uh, even if you're, you know, going in between working, uh, managing family issues, one of the things that is going to come out of going to these events is an opportunity to see what a university is at a different level. Um, so a lot of the things that Phil was describing about what it means to be a participant in a university education, what it means to be a citizen, um, they are things that we get an opportunity to practice here and that the university has on hand for you, which if you are just going to class, staring at your phone the entire way from one class to another, um, hopefully not staring at your phone on the drive home, but then um, disengaging from the university as soon as you get in the car, as soon as you leave campus, um, you're going to be missing out on that. And you're going to be missing out on that uh, after you leave campus as well as you walk through the rest of the world. You know, we are living in a community together. We're living in a bunch of communities together. And what we're trying to do with this year of is highlight the kinds of communities that we're in and give our, uh, give our students, give our faculty, give our speakers new opportunities to talk about those communities and make them stronger. Yeah, I think another way to think about this um, as kind of moving beyond the classroom is that even though we have the opportunity to sometimes address uh, many of these challenging issues in the classroom, it's not always in the context of current events. And so a lot of our um, events that we have lined up for the semester and throughout the year are going to focus on um, these bigger issues, but how they relate to ongoing current events today. So, for example, um, our Russia Watch um, 2020 event will focus on uh, U.S.-Russia relations in the context of current events today. Um, we're having a big a, subject, a big subject <laughs> that we'll probably talk more about. Um, we're 
coming up later this week is um, a forum on Latin American politics, and it's talking about uh, democracy, citizenship, and violence in Latin America in today's context. Um, but in addition to that, as Julia mentioned, um, there is going to be a digital badge, and I wanted to just say a few more things about that um, because we think it's a really great opportunity for students. So. Um, now, more and more, um, one way that people are able to signal to employers that they have certain credentials or have um, had certain experiences is to earn digital badges that they then put on their LinkedIn profiles, um, which is becoming a, a bigger tool that um, people use to recruit job candidates in today's job market. And so... We've actually worked with The Hive to set up a program that's going to be really simple for students to earn a digital badge if they do attend five events or more. And so it's pretty easy if you're a student, just bring your ID card when you come to these events and you'll be able to swipe in whenever you walk through the door. And when you swipe in the first time, you'll be automatically enrolled in a Canvas course where you'll earn your digital badge. And you don't actually have to do anything except for attending five events. Um, and we'll count and accumulate them through Canvas. And then um, you'll be a your digital badge, which you can add to your LinkedIn profile. And um, as mentioned earlier, once you do, you'll be entered into a drawing for a grand prize at the end of the academic year. That's awesome. Um, for a list of the events for next week and for months to come, um, for the t people tuning in, you can go to commonfuture.as.uky.edu backslash keys, K-E-Y-S, dash calendar. Um, and let's dive into the list that we have um, to start off. I know there's events going on tonight, but so the, the, the ones that are with, you know, a few days away, um, democracy, citizenship and violence in Latin America. What can students expect to see when they go to that event? Yeah, so this is an event that's being hosted by um, the Latin American, Caribbean, and Latino Studies Program. And so we've paired with them. Um, they're doing the lion's share of the work, um, and really we're just helping them advertise it. Um, but we've paired with them to put on a program uh, that, as you said, democracy, citizenship, and violence in Latin America. And um, this program is going to focus on a couple of key issues, in particular nationalism and international relations, and uh, state and its discontent, and then democracy and the modern social contract. And and so um, in particular, we're bringing in or they're bringing in two guests who are political scientists, um, Carew Bolding from University of Colorado and Guillermo Trejo from the University of Notre Dame, who are going to serve on a panel. Um, I believe it's at 11 o'clock. Um, they'll be serving or no, excuse me, I think it's at noon. They'll be serving on a panel um, on Friday. And then later that evening, um, they'll feature a keynote speaker um, who, let's see here if I have their information. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, but um, later in the evening they'll be featuring a keynote speaker um, who will also address issues of violence in Latin America. That's great. Um, what, other what other events would you guys like to highlight? There's one that looks, I think, is going to be quite interesting on um, coming up pretty soon on September 28th, and it's called Appalachia in the Age of Trump. We want, we want, um, quite a bit of our programming to be regionally um, relevant. Um, <clears throat> and I think this is going to be an exploration, among other things, of, you know, why is it that West Virginia and Kentucky have in, in recent years become such deeply red states politically? Um, and I think it's going to be an assessment by a distinguished, uh, now retired, distinguished historian named Ron Eller, who wrote maybe the, you know, one of the great books about 20th and early 21st century Appalachia called Uneven Ground. Um, he's going to be definitely engaging with um, a book that's received a lot of national um, 
prominence since it was published about a year ago by a fellow named J.D. Vance called Hillbilly Elegy. And that book is kind of uh, Vance's own take on, on this broad question of, of what, what accounts for um, the, the conservative turn, political turn, social turn, really, in, uh, in the region. Um, that's been a fairly controversial book, I think, in a, in, in a way that, that provokes interesting kinds of disagreement. Um, and Professor Eller is going to going to be sort of addressing a lot of the themes that Vance does in Hillbilly probably from a fairly different perspective. Um, so I think that's going to be p potentially in interesting to anyone who lives in the Commonwealth, frankly. And then JD will be here about a month later too, at the end of October. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, think, I think at least that is that confirmed now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's going to be some give and take on that issue. That, that, that's one to watch for, for sure. And the idea here is to promote and model how to talk, with, talk about political disagreement, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking about your, you know, your, your very relevant question, Michael, about, you know, why, why should I bother to, I'm doing all this stuff. Why should I devote a couple of hours to, to go to one of these events? And um, to me, you know, when, when students ask me what, what I think they should be in college for, it's definitely to gain the kind of skills to get a decent job and to make a good life for yourself. Absolutely. But I think it's also about becoming a more interesting person, mm -hmm. um, somebody who's intellectually curious, um, who thinks more expansively about the world around them, who has... Um, Ideas, but then wants to cultivate them in more in more interesting and sophisticated ways. College is like the best opportunity to become that more interesting person, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm like, take advantage of this amazing. I like tapas, right? Or tapa, I guess they, they don't pronounce the s in Spanish. Is that right? Or is it both ways? <laughs> I always say tapas, but maybe yeah. I've been saying it in English. <laughs> anyway, I was listening to an Anthony, I was watching an Anthony Bourdain episode the other night, and they were in Spain, and they were going from one tapas bar to another, they call it tapa, so whatever. You're but doing a great job of being that is, interesting person. I'll trust Anthony point, on that one. <laughs> the point, I mean, the point is, I really encourage students to think about college life as this enormous you know, tapas bar, right? There's all this really interesting food on the table. And what happens in Spain is like you, 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 you buy a drink, you buy a beer, and then you get a plate of really good food for free, right? That's the whole point. So I'm not going to take that metaphor much farther, right? <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's Absolutely. like these events are for but, free yeah. after you but, buy a beer. But, but, but I mean, the point is, you can think of your classwork as, as, as constituting part of that selection of tasty dishes in front of you. But that's barely skimming the surface of what a big state university has to offer by way of just potentially really relevant and interesting things. Right. They're going to make you jazzed, you know? Yeah. So pick one of these things that seem interesting to you. Take a little risk. It's a modest investment in time. You'll get some free food. And, you know, it, it, it could change your life. I mean, like not right on the spot, but I mean over the cumulative impact of doing this sort of thing yeah. Yeah. as a college student is going to make you 
so sort a more of interesting thing that person. With you. Yeah, yeah, and for most of you, it may be the only opportunity or the only time in your life where you have the opportunity to regularly take advantage of these sorts of events um, where really high profile, smart people are coming in to um, share different perspectives and different research. Um, and just you get to be exposed to a lot of interesting ideas and ideas outside of your major, right? So even though we have a pretty well rounded curriculum here at UK, um, oftentimes you're taking the lion's share of your courses are in one specific topic area. And so this is really an opportunity to expose yourself to a lot of new ideas um, and new research and new scholarship. And yeah. And, and, you know, these guys are still young, right? They can they can relate to undergraduates in a, partic a particular way. I talk to a lot Not of like really middle aged people because I'm, you know, I'm on the far side of 50, right? It's downhill all the way. No from way. Me, you right? guys are all under 30. <laughs> But I mean, I talk to a lot we'll of people. We'll be back every week. Sounds good. So I mean, my point is, I talk to a lot of folks in my age cohort, and like to a person, when they find out I'm a college prof, they're like, you know what? If I had it to do over again, there are a lot of things I would have done the same. But, you know, I would have actually taken a deeper dive into all that extra stuff, um, all that extra curricular programming that mm -hmm. I knew was there. And, yeah, you know, I dipped my toe in every once in a while, but I didn't do the deep dive. And, man, you know, what a missed opportunity, right? Yeah, I don't I mean, want that for, for, for you know, the 19-year-olds the who are walking around our campus, if there's any way we can, we can avoid that happening, right? Yeah, I think, um, so, you know, you, you started a while back, Phil, talking about how part of college is job training. And... I mean, of course, a lot of us uh, who went through college in the past couple decades have heard that college doesn't guarantee you a job anymore. Um, but even if you're lucky enough to get one of those jobs at the end of college or at the end of 14 other graduate credentials after college, um, it, you still have to leave that job sometimes and be a person. And the series of talks, the series of events that we're putting together is going to help that person who has to leave the job and figure out what they're doing in the world, why they're doing the job they're doing, why they're doing the other things they're doing. Um, I keep coming back to this. So I, I'm from Ohio, and I grew up doing 4-H, which I know a lot, of, a lot of my students do too. And the 4-H pledge is uh, I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, my health to better living, for my club, my community, my country, and my world. And that's something that I learned really early on in my life and that really sticks with me as a way of thinking about what I'm doing when I walk into my job, when I get in the car on the way home, when I go out into my community, when I talk to people on the bus, when I am in the grocery store. Um, and I think a lot of the events that we're putting together are kind of coming from that same perspective. We are in this together. We're trying to figure out how to get through it together, make it a little easier for each other in a place where we are not like each other. You know, we have our own stories, our own pain, our own triumphs, our own differences that we are trying to figure out how to own. And honestly, I don't think there's anything more American than that, right? We're a nation of immigrants. We uh, grew up around this idea that we wanted to have uh, the ability to practice free religion, the ability to govern ourselves. And 200 odd years later, we're still trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, so that's part of why we started. We have our big kickoff event on Monday with Constitution Day, where we're really diving into that idea, that kind of American, 
how we're supposed to deal with that in this day and age when we are in a particularly politically divisive moment and how we get through it together. Um, and so when you invite these students to come to these events, do you want them to ask questions? Do you encourage questions? Do you encourage Oh, we give free t-shirts for questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we want, we, we would love nothing more than for there to be more student hands than we have time to get to. Um, We want to hear from students. This is an event for undergrads. All of, all of our events are events for undergraduate students. Graduate students are welcome. We won't turn faculty away, but we want students here. We want them learning. We want them engaged. We want them practicing, practicing speaking up in public, practicing uh, thinking new things, practicing doing something a little bit uncomfortable, like speaking up in a big room full of people who probably know more about something than you do and letting that happen and letting it see what it feels like. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, So when the Year Of series first started off, uh, the idea was to have it really student-focused. And over time, um, because we get a little bit greedy, faculty members have made (laughs) it more and more faculty-focused and more and more um, kind of research-focused and on our own narrow interest. Um, And so this year, we've really taken the time to step back and refocus it around students. And so the events that we put out the calls for and the, the proposals we received are all really student focused and geared towards getting students more involved and so it really is um, this year focused on students and having them show up and engage um, engage with our faculty here on campus and engage with um, guests who we're bringing in to showcase different issues Um, but it really is about having a community dialogue with our students and giving them the opportunity to get to know and interact with faculty members outside of the classroom um, which is really a unique experience especially um, for a lot of our students who maybe spend a fair amount of their time and big lecture halls where they don't really have time to dialogue with faculty members. Because, you know, you can probably tell, Michael, that we kind of like mixing it up, right? Mixing it, <laughs> mixing it up is kind of what we live for. Heck I have yeah. a feeling you're kind of cut from the same cloth. Heck yeah. I, I want to go out with you guys after yeah. this. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he, he, here's like we'll college be at the for Eugenie me. Scott lecture. Nerd alert. <laughs> like, here's the reason why I've literally never, never left college. I've never, I've never left college, okay? It's because it's one big moving bull session. You just get to talk about all this fascinating stuff all the time, should you choose to do so. And, you know, people like me me need people to talk to, right? And there are a lot of people like me out there. And um, I think what kind of made me this way was not so much the classes I took in, in, in college and grad school, but those extra events I decided I was going to show up for. And then, you know, you'd, be, you'd leave the lecture hall. There'd be a good discussion in there, but you take the discussion outside. You know, you take it to Tin Roof, you know, seriously. Or Two Keys. Yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Yeah. As Okay, it's, it's about 530. I know you, some people got to go some places. Um, what kind of final thoughts do you guys have? What is the last thing you want to get out there? Well, the, the obvious takeaway is try it. You'll like it. Right. Um, Tell your friends. Bring check, your friends. Just check one out. Just just go to that site. Um, you'll see the whole tapas bar spread out before you, and and pick a dish that looks tasty to you, and and check it out. And and hopefully you'll come to one fairly early in the in the semester because there's going to be a ton more programming. And if you like that, there's plenty more where that came from. That's great. That's great. And that link to the website for the calendar and with the list of events is commonfuture.as dot uky dot edu backslash keys dash calendar 
Or you could just Google Keys to Our Common Future, University of Kentucky. You'll find it in no time. Thank you, Google. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to WRFL 88.1.